you're listening to a message from Kaleo Phoenix, a church plant in downtown Phoenix that creates space for people to practice the ways of Jesus together. Hey, everybody. How are you all? Um, it's officially December, all right? So you can listen to Christmas music now. Aaron's shaking his head no. If you're like Aaron, you listen to it like in the summertime. <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, and then we missed you guys last week, too. So happy late Thanksgiving. We were with my family in Iowa last week, and so that was good. We got to hang out with my aunt, who has come from Texas, my uncle and his tribe that were coming from Springfield, Missouri, um, and then my brother and his family, and our little niece, Maya, who's eight, and she got a cell phone for her her eighth birthday but yeah right it's different times but uh right right that's what i that's what i said too um but i guess i'll start happy advent like chris shared um yes advent yeah as we were sharing less last week with my family members about stuff at Black South. It's always sometimes nervous, right, sharing this dream or whatever thing that God's put in you to people because it's like, does it sound ridiculous to the people I'm sharing it with? Or does it sound like it's a legit thing or is it going to fail type thing? And so they're encouraging, though. And so I think... You all, too, for praying for us kind of during this time and during this season as we we get ready for that. That's what I feel like a lot of our time has been spent doing. Um, But I will start with our talk today on Advent. So I feel today we're going to go on a bit of an adventure. Let's see what I did there. So buckle up, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, West African God, sirens, jazz, and the apocalypse. So get ready. The first Sunday of Advent, you light the hope candle. So that's our thing today. Light candle. It's a hope candle. So I was debating whether to just talk about the theme of hope or to talk about the lectionary passage today. Every year, the lectionary passage chooses an apocalyptic passage for the first day of Advent. I'm not sure why they choose to do that, but here we are. (laughs) I believe God, though, may have something to say to us through both the theme of hope and today's lectionary passage, so I decided to try to do both my attempt. So let's pray, then we'll start. I'm going to read this prayer over us, and then I'll probably pray a little bit myself, and then we'll start. Come, Holy Spirit, wild and free, do as you please. Give us the courage and compassion to see things as they are. Ease the fear that blinds us and binds us to our false selves and keeps us from the truth that sets us free. Reacquaint us with our deepest desire 
and help us trust that our deepest desires are your delight. They are trustworthy guides who lead us back to you and return us to our true selves. Help us name our deepest desires, especially the ones we've long forgotten and long denied. God, we thank you for the time we have together. We thank you for how you may speak to us tonight. I pray that anything I say may fall flat on the floor, but you may hit the minds and hearts of everyone. Amen. So what do you hope for? What is it that you hope for? What are you waiting for? What is the good that you desire? Or collectively, what is it that we hope for? What is the good that we desire? Many preachers and pastors are influential in telling people and communities what to hope for and what to desire. Being reunited with a loved one in heaven after they've passed. Some preachers have influenced people to hope and desire for financial prosperity, a big house and car given by God's blessing. Thankfully, it seems like a lot of preachers and pastors are not as arrogant or prideful to think that they have all the answers in telling people what they should or should not desire and hope for. Instead, they'll point to the Bible or point to Jesus. Encouraging those who believe in Jesus to mimic him and his desires and hopes. But what or who is the Jesus that is being presented to us? What is the Jesus we wait and hope to arrive? And what are his desires? And take a look at these different images of Jesus that we have here. You can fill one up. See this image of Jesus. What does this communicate? You feel like about Jesus? <laughs> the Jesus who work out, who works out, doesn't skip leg day. <laughs> I guess he did break the cross. What about this one? This was a more familiar image of Jesus. I think this. I might be wrong, but I think this Jesus may be like the one that's in most people's households, statistically. What about the next image? <laughs> this is Wall Street Jesus. What other images or thoughts come to mind of this Jesus? A modern modern Jesus, <laughs> Baptist Jesus. On the next image, I think this is the attempt to get a historical look of how Jesus actually looked like back then. So this is like a historical approach of trying to look at Jesus. Here's another big image of Jesus. What does this Jesus communicate? 
So in our text today, we read Mark's account of Jesus. We'll see Jesus through Mark's eyes as he talks about the apocalypse. Typically, right, the apocalypse doesn't bring feelings of hope, but instead of fear, confusion, and worry. The word apocalypse means the unveiling or unveiling. So let's read the text and see if we can look deep for Jesus to reveal to us what he's really saying here. Oftentimes when talking about the second coming, Jesus is depicted as one who destroys and tears down. And this is a narrative attached with the belief of Jesus' second coming. It's sometimes a scary image in people's heads. But let's read and discuss to see which type of Jesus and God we find. Jesus just finished talking with his disciples about the destruction of the temple and how life would be hard for them. This is in Mark 13. I'll start at 24. Mark 13, 24. It says, but in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Then he says, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. So we have to figure out what to do with that passage. It's our challenge today. As I mentioned before, discussion of the apocalypse brings about a darkness feeling. I mean, the text mentioned talks about the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give light. So can you imagine how dark and gloomy it would be if there was no sun and no moon? So Advent with Mark is not light and jolly. It starts with suffering. Jesus lists all the suffering his followers are going to experience before we get to what he says here. But at the end, we hear that the good news is that it does not end with suffering. Although it may begin, it does not end with suffering. And although we believe that, as Chris shared about Advent, we look towards this, this second coming. It is harder to believe and imagine that when there is so much suffering all around us. As Chris mentioned, we don't have to look far from Israel and Gaza to the Congo to our own country, state, communities, and neighborhoods. How can we wait and desire in the midst of suffering? Can you hope in the dark? Or how can you still desire for good in the dark? Hope is hard. We can only learn how to hope in the dark from those who've done it, I believe. There are many individuals, communities, and groups who have suffered and held out hope. And so today I want us to briefly look to the past 
and learn from American slaves. Slaves were a group of people who found ways to hope in the dark. African-American slaves desired and hoped for freedom. Throughout their brutal treatment, they kept desiring for better days. Street Psalms, which is a theological training group that's partnered with Neighborhood Ministries, shared with me the idea that at its most basic level, desire is prayer. They state that prayer begins by asking the question, what do you want? Or what do you desire? The desires of black slaves were also their prayers. And African-American slaves had turned their prayers into psalms or songs. Some were secretive, while others were honest prayers and desires to God. There's this one that's titled, My Father, How Long? And the song goes, My Father, How Long? My Father, How Long? My Father, How Long? Till we done suffering here. My mother, how long? Oh, my mother, how long? My mother, how long? For we done suffering here. And it won't be long, and it won't be long, and it won't be long, for the Lord will call us home. We'll soon be free, we'll soon be free, we'll soon be free when Jesus sets me free. We'll fight for liberty, we'll fight for liberty, we'll fight for liberty when the Lord will call us home. And so it was these songs and songs like these that would help them carry on. We know them today as black hymns or Negro spirituals. So these Negro spirituals contain these lyrics of hope. Howard Thurman says this about slave songs. He says, it, it taught a people how to ride high to life, to look squarely in the face of those facts that argue most dramatically against all hope and to use those facts as raw material out of which they fashioned hope that the environment, with all its cruelty, could not crush. It could not crush. And he states that it enabled them to reject annihilation. These spirituals were desires, prayers, and songs that made God feel close in times of suffering and dehumanization. The songs help them hold on to hope in the dark. And interestingly enough, these forms of songs were actually the building blocks to many genres of music today. So these Negro spirituals were the building blocks to like gospel music, to R&B, to rock, to jazz, to blues, to even forms of pop. These Negro spirituals and their rhythms were the building blocks to the a lot of popular songs today in the U.S. And Negro spirituals, one of my favorite, had helped give us gave us the gift of jazz. Of jazz, and who doesn't love smooth jazz Christmas songs during the holiday? <laughs> I, yeah, look at that. I love that. Jazz is a music genre that involves rhythm and movement. If Negro spirituals are cries out to God that bring hope, 
then perhaps jazz can symbolize the action and movement we take based on our dreams and desires while we hope. We have the ability to pray with our hands and we have the ability to pray with our feet. While we hope in the dark, we can also move and act for a just world in the name of Jesus. In the fast-paced rhythms of jazz, there's also an opportunity to dance. There's this West African god from folklore named Joy Boy. There's not much that's actually written about him that I could find because it seems he was passed down mainly through oral tradition. But from what I could find, this is what was stated about him. It says the West Indian character who personifies the human need to dance, sing, and jubilate. His right hand holds a drumstick and his left arm holds a magical drum. So he traveled to the Caribbean with the West African slaves and has been called as a source of inspiration by some jazz musicians. He smiles at all the world's problems and cures the ills of humanity by playing his drum. Whoever hears his music is forced to dance and sing until they cast off all their black veil of despair. Joy Boy brings joy and happiness to humanity so they can maintain their hope to endure the misery in their lives. Does our image of Jesus inspire hope to those who need it the most? Can we picture a Jesus like this? A joy boy Jesus. What is the image of Jesus that you carry and mimic? There's an African-American commentary that states in this Mark passage that I just read that it's a Jesus who brings a radical and a revolutionary change. And perhaps we need abundance of helpful images of Jesus because we need an abundance of hope. Like the one given to us by African-American slaves through song and an image of Joy Boy Jesus, Images that inspire us to bring about hope, love, and service to our community. This joy boy Jesus brings life through song and dance instead of destroying it through violence. Instead of destruction like we think of when we think of the apocalypse, this God keeps breathing life into creation, giving us a chance. A key part of jazz, if you guys know much about it, is improvisation. Searching for the best note according to the time and place and the audience they're performing to. And just like jazz, we improv our lives and desires at times. Trying to make the best choices that bring about a good outcome for ourselves and the people that we love. Instead of God shaming and judging us for our desire, and how we dance through life, he gives us multiple chances to desire. A chance to carry on the dreams and desires of our ancestors. A chance to repair the harm our ancestors may have caused and write a new narrative. A chance to be the church that brings healing instead of harm. A chance to be disciples of Jesus. 
a chance for humanity to keep trying to be humane to one another, a chance to forgive one another and to ask for forgiveness, a chance to desire God's kingdom coming on earth. And as we wait and hope for the dawn of the sun and the light of the moon, we have multiple chances to practice bringing Jesus to our community and desire good for ourselves, our co-workers, our families, and friends. When I moved to Phoenix in 2015, I moved right with a certain plan and desire in mind, and that plan had quickly fallen apart. Life as I had envisioned it in Phoenix was not panning out as I had wanted it to be. And at the time, I remember feeling alone and kind of nervous. I remember God meeting me in my dorm room, breathing life back into me, letting me know he was with me. I look back at that moment and think just because I had feelings of failure, it didn't mean I had to give up. As long as I have breath in my body and the Holy Spirit with me, I have chances to desire, to pray, to sing, and hope for something good for myself and community. That's why, as, as Aaron and I plan for Black South, and if it doesn't go all the ways I want it to, it fails in ways that I want it to succeed, it doesn't mean that we don't have a chance to try again. If I continue to hope it does in all the way God wants it to, Black South feels to me like another chance to follow my desires. I believe you too have another chance to hope again, to have faith again, to forgive again, and to love again. There's a liberation theologian named Reuben Alves that has this famous quote saying, hope is hearing the melody of the future and faith is dancing to that melody in the here and now. Again, hope is hearing the melody of the future and faith is dancing to that melody in the here and now. Hope is hearing the melody of the future. Can you hear it? Can you hope? Hearing the songs of the joy of boy Jesus and dancing and desiring today. Perhaps there is something to people like my wife who listen to Christmas music in the summertime. Listening to holiday wintertime music while dancing and singing to it in the summer. Maybe this is what Jesus is saying when he tells us to learn from the fig tree, that as soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Maybe throughout this passage, he's encouraging us to keep what is near close with us, bringing the music that is near with us now so that we can dance and desire. Jesus is a person, and he is the presence of hope, and he is near at the very gates. There's a story that Martin Luther King Jr. shares in his book, Where Do You Go From Here, that my wife shared with me. He mentions the story of Ulysses, which is Odysseus, 
Ulysses is like the Latin word for Odysseus. I don't know why he uses Ulysses here. But this is what he says. A fascinating story about Ulysses and the sirens is preserved for us in Greek literature. The sirens had the ability to sing so sweetly that sailors could not resist steering toward their island. Many ships were lured upon the rocks, and man forgot home, duty, and honor as they flung themselves into the seas to be embraced by arms that drew them down to death. Ulysses determined not to succumb to the sirens, at first decided to tie himself tightly to the mast of the boat, and his crew stuffed their ears with wax. But finally, he and his crew learned a better way to save themselves. They took on board the beautiful singer Orpheus, whose melodies were sweeter than the music of the sirens. So when Orpheus sang, who would bother listen to the sirens? We need the right Jesus in the boat with us, singing to us and playing music. The Jesus who can give us hope amidst the music and songs around us, calling us into despair. The right Jesus who can give us hope instead of fear, worry, and dread of destruction that may have been given to us in different church spaces. We need the Jesus that always inspires hope to those who need it the most. Allowing that Jesus to influence how you dance through life. Influence who and what you desire as you hope for his joy-filled coming. A Jesus who is always near and a Jesus who plays jazz. Let us have a Selah moment, just like a pause and reflection and hear what God may be speaking to us. And I'll read the prayer and pray myself, and we'll end. So maybe wherever you're at, get comfortable. Breathing in. And out. does God have to say to you? What is the song and melody and words you hear from God? And how does that help you desire and dance in the now. As those who are being renewed by your love, we freely confess to you our wounds the deep wounds of blindness, voicelessness, despair, and isolation. 
and confess our misplaced desire that bind us to our wounds in deceptive and destructive ways. We confess the same for the communities we serve. We pray for the healing gifts of sight, voice, joy, community, peace, and hope. Loving one, recreate us in your desire. As you promised, meet us in the inner room of life. We want to see your face and see you face to face, that we might discover ourselves again in you. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. And I'll read Jesus's prayer or desire as he teaches us how to pray. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and glory forever. And then I will pray. God, we thank you that you are a God who sings to us, a God who inspires us to dance in the dark, to desire in the dark, Father, and a God who gives us chances after chances to do that. God, we love you, and thank you for being with us. Amen. For more resources or information about Kaleo, please visit our website at kaleophx.com or follow us on social media. If this episode has been helpful to you, let us know or share it with someone you know.